Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. In 1924, Witness Lee was dynamically saved by the Lord as a young man in his native China, and he promptly consecrated the rest of his life to the gospel. He co-labored with Watchman Nee for parts of the next three decades, and in 1962, Witness Lee was led by the Lord to come to the United States. During his 35 years of service to the Lord in America, he ministered in weekly meetings and weekend conferences, delivering thousands of spoken messages. Much of his speaking has since been published as more than 400 titles, many of which have been translated into numerous foreign languages. He gave his last public conference in February 1997 at the age of 91. We're happy today to be able to bring you recorded excerpts from his speaking and encourage you to contact us if you have any further questions or comments. Please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. Well, today we have a very meaty yet wonderful life study in front of us, and to help us fellowship and get into these riches is Francis Ball once again. Francis, it's nice to have you back today. It's very good always to be here. Today in Genesis chapter 35, we come to a matter that we're going to spend a couple of programs on, Francis, and that's the matter of pillars. We've seen before that Genesis is a book in which really all of the seeds of the great truths of the Bible are sown. And this seed of this matter, the pillar, appears first in chapter 28, but we're back with it today in more detail in chapter 35. Where else in Scripture, in addition to these portions in Genesis, do we encounter pillars? Well, this is quite a marvelous thing to be considered as a seed. Uh, You surely wouldn't think of a pillar a stone pillar being a seed. But in this case, as in uh, so many things in Genesis, the item that's mentioned is really a seed of truth that will grow into quite a development throughout the Bible. There are a number of places in different parts of the Old Testament that also mention a matter of pillar. Even Lot's wife was turned into a pillar of salt That's a very negative reference to a pillar. But also you have this pillar that Jacob set up, and then you have the building of Solomon's temple. And after Solomon built his temple, he set up two pillars, which we'll see more as we get into this message. This develops throughout the Bible into a real corporate matter where in uh, even 1 Timothy in the New Testament, it talks about the church being the pillar and base of the truth. And then when you get into the book of Galatians, you realize that there are three men there who are reputed to be pillars. And it's a very interesting thing to see that the progression of this uh, matter of the pillar as it grows from a seed into a fuller development. Even at the end of the Bible... When you get to the letters to the churches in Asia, particularly in the letter to Philadelphia, even in Philadelphia, there are overcomers. The whole of Philadelphia, as positive as it is, uh, still must have overcomers. And these who overcome are really whoever wills can be a pillar. 
In other words, if you desire to be an overcomer, you'll be made a pillar in the house of God. And an interesting uh, relationship of all these references to pillars is they all seem to have something to do, in the positive sense, with the building of God's house. Even Jacob called this the house of God when he set up this pillar and poured a drink offering on it. And also, when you get to uh, Galatians, these three men, Peter, James, and John, who are reputed to be pillars, you don't see them here as just apostles, but they are really pillars. They bring you to view the house of God, the church. And also in Revelation, when you see the overcomers here, they are the overcomers in God's plan and purpose for the age, which is to have the church as his dwelling place on the earth. So these pillars in every case are like an entrance into God's heart to see that his purpose is to have a house, a dwelling place, a habitation, which is pictured by the tabernacle, by the temple, by the church, and by the coming kingdom. I think we'll see a lot of things that will surprise you and yet are so very much based upon the scriptures. Thank you, Francis. As you pointed out, this is one of those matters that would be, in a casual reading, very easy to pass over. But we have a faithful servant that is going to focus our attention on something that opens up in God's Word. Let's join Witness Lee for this fellowship on the pillar in Genesis chapter 35. In this book, the book of Genesis, we see there are two kinds of pillars. One is the pillar of stone. The other, the pillar of salt. We all like to be the pillar of stone. None of us, I believe, would uh, like to be the pillar of salt. The pillar of stone indicates building in strength. Then the pillar of salt indicates shame. It is altogether a shame, not useful for God's purpose. Now we can see the wife of Lot became such a pillar of shame. She was one of God's called people, the wife of Lot. As a rule, she should have been the building material. But due to her degradation, she became a material of shame, a pillar of Salt. Now we come to Jacob. Jacob also was one of God's called people. And he was born a supplanter. He was born a heel holder. Yet he was transformed into a pillar of stone. And this pillar of stone is called 
the house of God. And how do we know the pit of stone is for the building? Because it is called the house of God. If without such a designation, we would be hard to realize that the pillar indicates the building of God. We may think that is just one piece of rock, but we know no just one piece of stone could be a house. That indicates the pillar eventually will be not just a piece, but a building, the building of the house of God. It is quite interesting to notice that after Solomon built the temple, Solomon built two pillars in front of the temple. When you get there, what will strike your eyes? Not the temple, but the two pillars. You may ask me, what does this mean? These two pillars to the temple are just like a big signboard in front of the temple. There are two pillars standing there. One speaks that God shall establish. And the other speaks that in this building is strength. The first one is called Jacob. If you know Hebrew, right away you know, Ma, that means what? That means the Lord shall establish. Amen. Then you look at the second one, it says, but in it, in this building, is the strength. It's quite meaningful. After Genesis, the pillar mentioned in the Bible refers to the temple. This indicates clearly that the building of God's house is altogether dependable on the pillar. This was why Jacob didn't build the temple of God. He didn't build the temple of God, but he set up a pillar. Francis, I'd like to pick up this matter right at the end of this first section. After Jacob received the dream of the house of God, he set up a pillar and called it Bethel. Can you explain why he didn't actually build a house instead of just setting up a pillar? Well, in a way, this is uh, kind of simple because we've already said that these matters are all a seed. A seed needs a lot of development and growth to see the full thing. Of course, at Jacob's time, Jacob was one who saw the seed and even, you might say, became the seed. When he put up that pillar, that was really uh, the beginning of the house of God. And he even called it the house of God. But there needs to be the growth, the development throughout the coming centuries even. God's intention is not that one man would build up 
the house of God, but that it would be done in a corporate way throughout the Bible until you reach the new Jerusalem. This seed shows us that a man may build up a ministry, but he can't build up the house by himself. Thank you, Francis. Let's go back to Witness Lee for more of this life study from Genesis chapter 35. By that time, Jacob got not only the dream, but also the understanding. He interpreted his dream in a way by setting up a pillar. And he called that pillar God's house. We all have to say, Jacob, thank you so much. Because it was you that opened the heaven for us to see the house of God. I tell the heavens for the building of God's house were opened by a supplanter. In chapter 28 of Genesis, Jacob was a supplanting Jacob. But if you go on after 20 chapters to chapter 48, my, you can see this supplanter been thoroughly transformed into a man of God. In chapter 28, he was a supplanter. He was a heel holder. But in chapter 48, he became a man of God. And this man of God is the pillar. In a good sense, the house of God was built upon this pillar. But also in a positive sense, when you come to the temple of God, I tell you, the first thing you see is this God-man. Israel standing in front of God's building. Jacob, after being transformed into Israel, stands in front of God's building in front of the temple of God. He is the signboard. Jacob is the signboard of God's house. Francis, I am very much intrigued by Jacob's response to this dream that he received. Even in his untransformed condition, he had a tremendous insight into the dream, and he interpreted the dream by setting up the pillar. This is really quite marvelous because uh, Jacob was, I would say, not a good guy. He, uh, he was a supplanter, if you know what that means, or a heel holder. Uh, so he wasn't uh, the perfect, upright man that you would think God would be using. As a matter of fact, if you or I were doing this, we would have probably chosen Esau over Jacob. But Jacob was always uh, doing crooked things supplanting, taking advantage of others, and so on. And he was still in this condition when he had that dream. And that dream was a ladder that reached from earth to heaven, and he called it the house of God. How he got that light is amazing. But don't you think that the light we get is similarly amazing? We're not that good ourselves. We're all healed holders. But nevertheless, God uses us, God still shows us things, and we still rejoice in that. 
Now with Jacob, he got a revelation concerning the house of God, but in this chapter that's before us today, we see he took action. He came back to Bethel, and he built an altar, and he set up the uh, the pillar for that altar, and also he poured a drink offering on it. So that means there is some experience has gone ahead of him. Now he's not just Jacob the supplanter, but his name has been changed to Israel, the Prince of God. Thank you, Francis. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of our life study in Genesis 35. From First Kings, you go on to the New Testament. The Lord Jesus came, and His incarnation was a tabernacle that God might dwell among men. But the tabernacle was a precursor of the temple. When you see a little boy, you have to realize a full-grown man is coming. Jesus, as the tabernacle, was an indicator that God's temple was coming. This is why when the uh, uh, first group of disciples was brought to the Lord, and the Lord changed the representative among them, changed his name, and called him a stone. That was Peter. The word Peter means a stone. The Lord called him a stone. You shouldn't forget in Matthew 16, when the Lord asked him, Who I am do you say? Peter said, You are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. Then the Lord said, I say also unto you that you are a stone. You need to realize that I am the Christ. You also need to realize that you are a stone. I am the Christ as the rock, and you are a stone to be built upon me for the building up of my church. When Peter became a real ministry, he, in his ministry, told us, not only he, all of us are living stones to be built into the spiritual house of God. But one day, the Apostle Paul came. He became not only the material of this building, but also a master builder of this building. And in his writing, he says that Peter, John, and James all these three are reputed as pillars. Pillars in 1 Kings 7 refer to the building of the temple of God in the Old Testament. But pillars in Galatians 2 refer to the building of God's house in the New Testament. Now I come to Revelation 3, 12. You have the Peter mentioned again. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar 
And the Peter mentioned here refers to what? Not to the Old Testament temple, neither to the New Testament temple of God, but to the New Jerusalem in the coming kingdom and in eternity. Could you believe the Bible so wonderful? You pick up 1 Kings 7, Galatians 2, Revelation 3. You could say, my, now I fully understand why when uh, Jacob saw the vision concerning God's house, Bethel, he set up a pillar. Now you understand. Why he set up a pillar? Because the pillar is an indicator, a signboard. A designation of the house of God. Right in the front of the Old Testament temple were two pillars standing there. Okay, when we come to the New Testament temple, we have three pillars standing here. Peter, John, James. In the Old Testament, only two pillars. In the New Testament, three pillars. <laughs> In the coming age, how many? The numbers will not be written by the Lord. It will be written by you and me. Whosoever will may be. No one knows how many. For the Old Testament, two. For the New Testament, three. But for the coming kingdom, how many? You have to say, whosoever will, maybe. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, the door of opening is open. Amen. Not like uh, UCLA or MIT. They just receive certain number. There is the limitation. But I tell you, for the coming age, to be in the temple of God, the number is unlimited. It's open to you. Francis, there is a wonderful, wonderful expansion here of the pillars from the one in Genesis to two in 1 Kings in the Old Testament, then three, as you mentioned in the introduction of Peter, John, and James in the New Testament. But how about the number of pillars in the coming age? You mentioned Revelation chapter 3 before. How many will be there, Francis? You know, this whole uh, matter of seeing these pillars in a progressive numerical sequence, it shows again how much our brother Lee draws from the simple things in the Bible that most of us would overlook. But when he gets into it and you go back to the Bible to look at it, you see, that's right. And uh, these pillars are quite amazing because they all seem to represent somebody and something corporate. So with Jacob, it was just one pillar there. But when you get uh, farther into Kings, after the temple was built, Solomon put two pillars there. And these two pillars are in the front of the building. So when you look at that, you see the building by seeing the pillars. In other words, these pillars stand for the building. Then when you get to uh, the epistles and Galatians, these three men, Peter, James, and John, uh, we always think of those names as being uh, outstanding apostles. But really, 
What he's brought out in his message is that what we really see here are pillars for the house of God. And then when you get to Revelation, and then you have pillars as a result of overcoming in the church in Philadelphia, this is the eternal goal of God. But actually, for the coming kingdom, there will be pillars who have become pillars by overcoming in their spiritual life and by being one with God's purpose and God's building. And there may be thousands. I believe there'll be many thousands of those pillars. How many there will be? The Bible says, whosoever will. If we really want to be an overcomer, we need to uh, endeavor to be this kind of pillar as a sign of God's building for God's purpose, for his kingdom and for eternity. Francis, thank you very much. Wonderful fellowship to help open up a hidden treasure in God's Word. Thank you for being with us today. Very good. Thank you. Are you enjoying this program online or on a smartphone right now? Did you know there's much more from Living Stream Ministry that you can carry with you? Go to lsm.org slash ePublications to discover all that we have available for your tablet, e-reader, or smartphone. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can read this ministry on any PC, Mac, Android, Palm, BlackBerry, Sony, or Linux device. Everything from the recovery version of the Bible to the complete life study messages and a vast array of other titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee are now just a touch away. The Word of God is rich and weighty, but now you can take it with you wherever you go. Again, the website, lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.